Welcome to Don't Box Me In, the show that features conversations with people from all walks of life, talking about their extraordinary experiences and inspirational messages. Now, here's your host, Lana Reed. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Lana Reed, and welcome back to this week's edition of Don't Box Me In. Today, we will be talking about uh, one of those topics that everyone knows about, but... uh, Everybody wants to be hush-hush about, and that is the adult entertainment industry and the dangers of it. Now, the porn industry generates uh, $13 billion a year each year in the United States, and Internet porn alone is a $3 billion a year business. 88% of the scenes in the porn films consist of acts of physical aggression, and 49% of these scenes contain verbal aggression. To my surprise, I found out that the United States is the top producer of pornographic DVDs and web material. My guest today is Ms. Cameron Adams. Cameron is a former porn performer who was known in the industry as Cameron Bay. Cameron uh, only did porno briefly for a few months in 2013, but during that time she sustained a serious injury to her breasts, got a serious kidney affection, and contracted HIV. It takes great courage to share, and I appreciate Cameron so much for sharing her story with us today, and I extend a warm and appreciative welcome to her. Cameron, welcome, welcome to Don't Box Me In. Hi, thank you for having me, Lana. Oh, thank you for spending time with me. Um, You know, I've worked with uh, anti-pornography for a couple of uh, years now, and I'm just always so amazed and impressed with you young ladies that come on and share your story. So, you know, just kudos to you for even hanging out with me today. So I I just want to let you know I appreciate you so much for your time. Um, So you doing okay today? Uh, Yeah, today I'm doing really good. It's kind of muggy here in Arizona, but... It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll make it work. So, Cameron, if, if you uh, would allow me to indulge, I want to spend a few uh, moments talking about Cameron before you got involved with the uh, adult entertainment industry. So, um, now, you got involved in California. Are you a California native? Is that where you were born? Uh, I re- yeah, I was born and raised until uh, I was 13 in uh, Orange County, California. And um, then I moved to Arizona where... I've been going back and forth ever since. <laughs> okay, okay. So uh, Orange County, I know Orange County very well. Um, so growing up as a young lady, tell me, what did Cameron, what ideas did she have? What did she want to be when she grew up? Um, honestly, I, I wanted to be a professional baseball player. <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> so, um, but I was a girl, so I, that wasn't going to happen. So I just uh, basically wanted to do anything sports-oriented. Um, I wanted to go into sports medicine and, you know, um, and, and do that sort of thing. I, I know that at a young age I knew I wanted to help people, and um, that was my goal. So, yeah. Okay. okay, cool. So you said you were back and forth between uh, Arizona and Orange County. So um, by the time you were finish up, finishing up high school, were you in Arizona or California? Uh, I graduated uh, high school in uh Chandler, Arizona, um, and then I did a stint at University of Arizona, and then after that, I decided that I needed to just travel and see the world and experience things because I was just too young to, like, get down. Yeah. You know, that young spirit, you know, you want to get out there and see things. You know, a lot of us go through that. So um, you decide to leave college and see the world, and your first travels take you where, Miss Lady? Um, I went to Canada. I moved to oh. Canada for about a year. 
uh, in uh, Banff, Alberta, which is absolutely gorgeous in the uh, Canadian Rockies. And um, I came back to Arizona, and then I just traveled the United States um, and Hawaii and um, had plans to go abroad, but never happened because I ended up getting some pretty decent offers, and I took them, so... Okay. Okay. So, um, how how many years or how long did this traveling around uh, last for you? Uh, it, about three and a half, four years. I was okay. twenty two when I I got my first like legitimate, good paying job, <laughs> which was uh, <laughs> the production company. <laughs> yeah, it was with the production company. So it was it was pretty interesting. I was uh, an executive. Um, assistant, and you know, I, I have a love for movies, so it I fit perfectly. So you were traveling around, and I'm assuming if you're um, out of high school, 18, 19, 20, 21, when you start to uh, get this wonderful offer, you said you got a big offer, and um, what what was that that slowed you down from traveling? Um, well, when I when I was traveling, I was doing a bunch of like promotions, and uh, I got to go. From like different bars and different restaurants and do different things, meet different people. And I just so happened to meet somebody that, uh, was a producer in the movie industry and he liked the way I looked and I was like, well, thanks. <laughs> um, I, he, he asked me if I knew anything about movies and after I had, uh, given him a rundown on my knowledge of movies and you know, how many movies I knew about and what have you. He's like, well, you would be a great producer. I go, well, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> so so he introduced me to um, a person uh, by the name Ruben Arithi, and uh, he just absolutely fell in love with me because of my love for movies. And, you know, I, I was driving back and forth between Arizona and California every couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, I, I just... It, it was amazing to me because I got to work with one thing that I absolutely love, which is movies, and I got to see how it works from the inside out. So um, it was it was really interesting, and it also gave me opportunities to like be in films as like an extra and and whatnot. So it was really fun. Okay, so these were non-adult industry uh, movie options or main, opportunities. This was mainstream, you know. Uh, Movies that you see in, in the theaters and, okay. and what have you, yeah. Oh. Okay, so was it paying you pretty well? Were you able to live and, and keep a roof over your head doing that? Yeah, absolutely. I was I was getting paid extremely well, you know, and, yeah. and being at such a young age and you know um, being responsible, you know, to take out you know um, actors to, that we want for movies and and producers and directors and things of that nature to dinners and luncheons you know, wine and dine them and, you know, try to get them to work with us. It was it was very interesting. So I never had to spend my own money, so I got to save a lot of the money that I was getting paid. <laughs> we all like that, especially, you know, young. That, that's always a good thing. I don't have to come out my own pocket. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so how is it that you go from doing that to, I think I read that you started off your introduction into the uh, porn industry, started off being an escort. How does, when does the transition happen for you? Oh, it was many, many years later. Um, I was, I mean, I was 28 when I got into oh, okay. the industry. 
So I am 30 now, and okay. um, I was an escort for um, a year. Okay. And um, during that year, um, I had gone through pretty much the worst time of my life. I got married and was going through a divorce, and um, it was very, very, very awful. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, everything was taken, like all of my belongings were taken from me and kept from me. And um, I had nothing but like, the backpack that I left with. And so uh, being that, like, I had absolutely nothing and, you know, being a felon because I had been to prison before that, okay. <laughs> it's really hard to find a legitimate work, you okay. know. And and so I was in survival mode, and, um, and that's, what, that's what I started doing, and I was, you know, pretty good at it, and I made a lot of money, and um, I set a date that I was going to stop doing it um, as long as I was in a position that I was happy with, and I was at that time, so I stopped. Okay. Well, let me let me just get in the mindset here. So you, you said you were going through some things. Life was really hard. You know, your back was kind of against the wall. You felt it was against the wall. Um did you did you know somebody who was doing it? How how was it that that became your last option? Um, it, it honestly, I, it's because I I was dating somebody. I was dating Rod Daly, who just was in oh, the okay. industry, and 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 you know when you date somebody that's in the sex industry, you get to know a lot of people within different sex industries, and um. You know, I, I knew a lot of uh, exotic dancers as well. So, okay. I mean, it, it took a simple phone call, and um, I just so happened to meet the right person, and I, I guess I impressed him with okay. the way that I that I was conducting myself and the way that I what I wanted to do and how I wanted to do it, and um, he made sure it happened in a safe in a safe manner uh, for me and everybody else involved, and you know it just it it, it worked, and it was it was a pretty good experience in my life because I got to meet a lot of people. I got to experience um, experiment with myself with with myself, and you know learn all the different types of aspects of people in the world, okay. and I got to travel, and you know it was it was nice. Okay. Okay. So we had some good benefits to it. But yeah, (laughs) yeah. Good and bad involved. So we're going to try to take the positive away from it. Now you said that you had set in your mind, you'd set a time limit. This is when I'm going to be done with this. So how long did you, um, were you an escort for? Um, I, when I, when I was first introduced, um, I gave myself one year and a year almost to the date, uh, Mm. February, um, I was done and, um, and it was it was awesome because I was I was able to be very selective with um, what I was doing and who I was doing it with and 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 what have you. So it was okay. it was it was really good to have that goal and and reach it and be able to walk away from it with no with no issues. Okay, so when you walked away, you know, was Cameron like, okay, I have enough money to pay rent for a few days, a few months or something, and, you know, I'm financially stable where I can walk away? Or what was the, you know, the, I'm done with it, I don't need it anymore? Was that the, the mentality or? Uh, well, like I said, I, I set a goal to be finished because it was, when, when I, I set my mind to something, it's not something, it's, uh, unless it's, 
beneficial um, for mm-hmm. me and my health and everything of that nature um, or people around me. I don't do things for very long because it's just for an experience, you know, to, to live see. your life and and be able to be diverse in a bunch of different things and 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 have knowledge of different things and not just be one of those people just sitting there pretending they know what they know. And okay. for me, it was a sense of setting myself free and being able to do things on my own without somebody over my head telling me I'm not good enough, I can't do this, nobody else will want you, blah, blah, blah. So uh. it was it was one of those, you know, I in-your-face type things. Okay. Um. Okay. But when I was done, like I was, I was very settled. Um, I had, you know, a roof over my head. I had, you know, everything that I needed, okay. and you know, it was just time. Okay, okay, I understand. So, um, you know, and I'm getting the sensation that a lot of things in Cameron's life, she's a free spirit, and it's a good thing to have, you know, to get out there and see and try new things. I always tell people, you know, the world is very vast. You know, you should. Um, you know, experiment with some things. You know, I guess people would say just the things that Cameron decided to experiment with yeah. uh, kind of led her down a, a different path. Now, we're going to take a quick yeah. commercial break, and I promise this time, Cameron, I'm, I'm going to be back, okay? So hang in there, yeah. and we'll be right back. Okay. Welcome back to Don't Box Me In. Here's your host, Lana Reed. Hello, hello, and welcome back. Today I'm spending some time with Miss Cameron Adams. She's a former uh, adult industry star. And uh, before the break, we were talking about her early days and her uh, time when she started to be an escort. And we're at the point where she had decided that that was enough, and she quit being an escort. Now, you were, I'm assuming, about 29 years old at this time. Now, I guess my next question would be, when do you transition into the porn industry? How does that all come about? Um, well, I was I was actually 27, about to turn 28. Okay. When I when I got out of the uh, escorting. Um, okay. So the whole porn phase came into play when pretty much the summer of you know, 2013, my mm-hmm. relationship and what have you took a turn for the worst. <laughs> and, uh, you know, one thing led to another. And once again, I was kind of in a situation where, what do I do? <laughs> yeah, okay. And uh, I, I was staying with a friend of mine who happened to have a friend that was in the industry. His name was, uh, his uh, stage name was uh, Brad Tyler. Okay. And um, I sent over some pictures, and he said, I'll see what I can do. And uh, his agent was impressed and said, yeah, go ahead and come on out. Hmm. So so I did. And, um, you know, I packed up everything that I owned, and I went back to California. Okay. So yeah. in your mind, your mind, you sent the pictures off, I, and I'm pretty sure you're aware that you're about to do some porn. So... Were you thinking, this is, this is, I'm just going to be with a guy and it's going to be that and, you know, they're going to give me a check or what, what did you think it was going to be like? Well, um, luckily, um, during my, my marriage that, uh, ended, 
I had shot for um, his site. He had a, a website, and um, I used to shoot for the site, and I webcammed. So I, I, I understood the gist of what was going to happen. I understood that I was providing some sort of service, uh, <laughs> I guess you could say, um, to people. And at the end of the day, it was a paycheck, okay. and it was uh, it was just you know something that was easily done fast like and it, it, you get it was fast and easy and that's what I needed at the time so um that's how I was going to take it but I also wanted to change the industry when I got into the industry I'm like I'm going to change porn I told my agent I go I'm going to change porn just watch I was like how <laughs> I go well have you seen porn lately it's pretty boring it's all the same thing you know it it, it just looks you know this and that and I was like I'm going to mm-hmm. make it better and uh, I, lo and behold, I mean, in this aspect, but you know, I guess when you put that in the universe, you got to be specific. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. So you you pack up and move out to California, and um, your very first film, you know, like I said. For me, I'm just thinking, you know, life is, you know, a, a gradual, you know, transition into things. But I'm getting the impression that, you know, that's just not Cameron's style. You know, when she does something, she's going gusto with it. So the first <laughs> film that you did, um, it, it was a hodgepodge of people involved. And I read that correctly? Yeah. 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 <laughs> she's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was it was, it was it was a bit it, it was like ten people total, I guess. Okay. okay. Five five girls and you know five guys. Um, but being that I'm an I was an alt girl, I was considered an uh, an alt girl, which is a girl with tattoos and like piercings, and I had a mohawk at the time. Oh, okay. So I, I I think that for to for me to work, I, they had to put me in uh, you know the most extreme type of things possible and, you know, see how I did. So, um, yeah. Okay. So (laughs) I guess, I guess the audience probably needs to understand that there are different, uh, styles of porn, different, there uh, are different, like different types of girls, um, different genres, I guess you can say an, uh, alternative is more of your, um, your, like I said, your tattoo, punk rock, you know, Sure. Uh, different looking. Then you have like your your softcore pretty girl, you know, pornography. Then you have you know your um, interracial, you know, mm-hmm. so on and so on. So there's gotcha. there's a bunch of different genres, and um, I just so happen to fit in a category of alternative. Okay, so explain this to us. So you you when you're about to do a movie, um, and let's say you as an alt girl. Does somebody say to you, okay, here's the script, you know, Cameron, we, we just want to let you know beforehand that you're going to have five girls and five guys, or do you walk into this whole situation blind and then it's lights, camera, action, and just make it work? Um, you, you you don't really get a script. You get uh, we, we went on some go-sees, and they, they pick and see if they like you. And mm-hmm. when I say that, I mean you have to undress and turn around and smile and whatnot, and then uh, it's they decide they like you and they want to use you. They contact your agent, and mm-hmm. your agent contacts you and, and tells you this, this is what is available. Uh, where, do you want to take it? And um, 
and pretty much at that moment in time when I came in, it was towards the end of their season where uh, their money was not so abundant uh, as it is in the beginning of the year. So I was just, I was basically told to like pretty much take what you can so you can get your face out there. So, you know, come next year, you'll be, you know, working full force. And I said, okay. Okay. So, and then that's pretty much how it happened. Okay. So when you came to California, um, it, was it like the escort business? Did you say, okay, you know, I'm only going to do this for a year? Did you have a goal in mind? Um, I did. I, 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 I told, and I told my agent, I go, in order for me to, to make things better, I have to work from the ground up. So um, I gave myself six months to a year to, you know, advance from being, you know, just performer to producing um, I, I was also, during the time I was performing, I was writing scenarios and scenes of that nature for um, people, some people, and, uh, you know, just writing creative uh, ideas with some directors and producers. So I was, you know, getting my foot in the door of being able to move forward from, you know, acting to, you know, producing and creating. Okay, so is it safe to say that you had intentions to kind of be involved with the porn industry for quite some time in some yes, facet? I, okay. I, absolutely. Okay, okay. So now, in today's world with normal employers, I shouldn't say normal, but with employers, um, there's this process when, you know, somebody gets hired, you know, they have a drug test, they have a background check and all of that stuff. So in the porn industry, is there some sort of checks and balances that, that you had to go through before you could shoot that first film with 10 people? Uh, I had to go and get a STD test mm-hmm. um, with a testing facility that the porn industry recognized, and that's only two facilities, or was at the time. And um, I had to go do that once that was clear and I had a uh, valid identification, uh, mm-hmm. I was good to go, as long as I was over the uh, age of 18. Okay. Now, le- okay, so let me ask this now that you've been involved in the industry and you're out the industry and, you, you know, you're speaking. It's, what is the likelihood of somebody being um, an entertainer in the point industry and not being 18? Um, uh, it's, it's pretty great considering the fact that a, uh, a lot of, uh, the porn that is shot is shot underground. Um, and they don't pull permits for it. So it's, uh, very easy to possibly get a fake ID or, uh, fudge, you know, a, the date of birth or mm-hmm. what have you. Um, I, I've witnessed it happen here in Arizona. Um, you know, and it's, it's very not uncommon for it to happen. So, uh, okay. yeah. Now, you, you mentioned the, that you had to get tested for STDs. Are there any other just across-the-board general regulations that the porn industry has to safeguard its people? Or, I mean, I know we just talked about the age thing and, you know, okay, I'm going to send you down here for a test, but... Um, that we have to pay for, by the way. <laughs> Um, wow. No. Yeah, the, the yeah, the the we the performers have to pay for their tests and um 
it it's pretty crappy because that's coming out of your pocket before you even have money in your pocket. Then you have your agency fees, and then you have to pay your driver if you don't have a car, and et cetera, mm. et cetera, et cetera. So it pretty much you get paid by the industry, and it goes right back into their pocket. That's amazing. I'm broke. <laughs> that's amazing. Even when you go apply for a job at, let's say, McDonald's or something, and they send you off for the drug test, they at least pay for the drug test. So, you know, it just seems like either way you look at it, the industry is getting over on both ends of the stick. You know, they're taking away the potential livelihood of their performers, and then they're making a grip for the con- from the consumer. So, you know, um, exactly. wow, wow. Exactly. Mm-hmm, then that's what, that's part of what we're fighting right now, and you know they're not liking it. So. Yeah, you know I had read. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself here, but you know, and I do want to talk about this. Uh, I had read that you know you guys had fought to you know at least get some protection, condom protection, you know, um, some sort of regulation with that and consistency with that. And then after you managed to get it passed, there was actually some f- performers who backlash and didn't want that. Maybe, can you share why they wouldn't want to? I mean, it's for your own protection. Why wouldn't a porn performer want to use condoms? Um, see, that, that's what I, I ask myself all the time. Um, the thing is, is that these people that are, you know, upset and outraged and are lashing out at, you know, the condoms important thing, um, say that they're, oh, we're performers, but what they neglect to say is, oh, we're producers as well, so if we have to use condoms, then, you know, my uh, content is going to suffer, my income is going to suffer, and if you guys are going to give us these regulations where producers or agents are supposed to be responsible for paying for testing and, and treatment and, you know, you know, doing this and digitally getting the condoms out of there because nobody wants condoms in porn, you know, it, it, it that's more money coming out of my pocket that I don't get to keep. So they're up in arms because they don't want money coming out of their pocket instead of worrying about protecting the people that make their money for them, which are the performers. Um, I have not, I have not talked to a single performer that is only a performer and not a producer um, that is opposed to it or against, or is opposed or for it. They're just like, we don't care. We just want to work and we want to do it safely. So, I mean, the, the way that it's being presented by the industry is, oh, performers are so against this when in fact there are quite a, quite a bit of performers, um, that, that want to use condoms, but they're terrified to say it. I see. I see. And we, we're going to talk about that, um, like I said, I just jumped way off track, but my mind was there. And if I don't, you know, I'm old now, so you have to bear with me. If I don't get it out, when I get it out, I'm probably going to forget it. <laughs> We're going to take a quick commercial break, and I'm going to collect myself here so I can get back on track. But stick with me, Cameron. We'll be right back right after this. <laughs> Let's return to Don't Box Me In with your host, Lana Reed. Hello, hello. Welcome back. Welcome back. Today I am with Miss Cameron Adams, former porn performer. Uh, she did a few months in uh, 2013, and we've been uh, spending some time uh, learning her story and 
you were just explaining to us before the commercial break uh, about how you uh, got involved with porn. And I got sidetracked, but I want to get back on track here. Um, one of the things I wanted to discuss was after your very, very first introduction to being an entertainer for porn, um, your very first movie, you got sick. Can you share with us okay. that story? Yeah. Um, I, it was it was crazy. It was about less than um my uh, scene, um, and I went to um, Six Flags Magic Mountain with um, Rod Rod Daly and uh, Brooklyn Blue, who was uh, part of one of the girls at my agency. She's in from uh, England at the time, so we decided to go and you know have a fun day. And uh, while we were there at Six Flags, I started, like, getting achy in the left <laughs> side of my back. And, uh, you know, it, it just got progressively worse. And then later that night, I had, you know, a, a temperature, hot and cold flashes, chills, you, you name it. And then finally, I just, I couldn't move anymore. And I went to the hospital with 102 degree temperature, got up to almost, I got up to, like, 103 Mm. And uh, they had to cool me down. They gave me fluids, antibiotics, and uh, they did a bunch of testing. Uh, one of them, such one of them being, you know, the uh, STD testing to make sure that it wasn't, you know, uh, HIV or anything of that nature. And come to find out, I had uh, ex- like a massive kidney infection, and it was it was pretty bad. Mm. Wow, yeah. after your very, very first introduction. So you get this. And Go ahead, dear. Yeah, I got the, I got the infection uh, due to all of the different, quote-unquote, germs <laughs> mm-hmm. um, from, from the different people that I was with um, during that time frame. So, I mean, it, shocking your system like that, you know, me never, I've never had any sort of uh, STD or, you know, uh, anything of that nature, not even a yeast infection, um, and that just shocked my body so hard that it was just like a no, 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 and it just freaked out on me. So mm. it was, it was, you know, quite the uh, experience. And the, the the crazy thing about it was, it was like almost normal for my agents. They were like, okay, well, well, we'll take you to our doctor and we'll get you your meds, and you'll have a week off, and we'll see you in a week. <laughs> like a little mini mini vacation. Okay. Now you mentioned yeah. meds. Does the porn industry have insurance for you guys to pay for that? No, I had to pay out of pocket. Um, <laughs> which was terrific, you know, because I had only done one scene, and then I hear I am paying for a hospital bill because I don't have insurance, and then I'm paying for meds, and then once again I'm paying for a driver because I didn't have a car at the time, and it's just it, it was ridiculous, like. The money that I made it was, you know, right back. Poof, right back. <laughs> wow. So my question is, Cameron, you have this terrible first experience, just terrible. What makes Cameron say, "Let me try this again"? Hmm. Well, <laughs> let's see. I, I I can actually go back. There was a, a couple of signs that that I had that I probably was going in the wrong direction in my course of life, uh, being that, you know, the week I was supposed to actually start shooting, I was out with Brad Tyler, and we were we were dancing at a bar, and I just so happened to jump 
onto a broken Corona bottle, and I almost oh. severed one of my toes. Oh, wow. Yeah, I had to get stitches, and I was on, like, crutches, and I had, like, a little splint, everything, and um, for a week and a half before, <laughs> I, I couldn't I couldn't work. Oh, wow. So, uh, yeah, I signed on with my agency, and then for a week and a half, I couldn't work because I almost lost the pinky toe, and um, then this happened, and, you know, at the time, it's just, like, I was blinded by... I have to do this, like, I have to prove to myself, and I have to be, you know, this and that, and it, it was more or less like I was going through a phase mm-hmm. of where I, I, everything had already been, you know, ruined for me, you know, I, I lost my relationship, you know, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, was starting over again, and, you know, I was mm-hmm. trying to prove myself, and I just, I wanted, I didn't want to be weak, I guess, and gotcha. so I was like, you know what? And because everybody was like, well, that's normal. That that happened to me. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, if you think mm, so. Guess so. I mean, I guess if that's <laughs> all your surroundings and those people have gone through that and that's their world, then, you know, you wouldn't think that that was something that was uncommon. So you can kind of, you know, placing yourself in that situation, you can understand. Now, your first check, that first check, can you uh, or do you feel comfortable sharing how much it was for you? You know, I can't even remember. Was it worth, I mean, was it substantial or? Um, I mean, because sometimes, I'm asking because sometimes people say, okay, well, if I do this again, I'm going to get $5,000 and, you know, I'm that kind of oh, yeah. offsets the, uh, she's laughing yeah, like, no. Like that. <laughs> it was nothing close to um, <laughs> um, I mean, it was, it was, I, I mean, I honestly, I really, I cannot for the life of me remember that's how, like, not, uh, impressive it was okay it was like, okay. okay well i have my paycheck and i'm good to go until my next shoot so let's do okay. this so um yeah i don't remember <laughs> okay remember. okay so it wasn't it wasn't substantial to say i mean if we we can't remember so okay now after that you get out of the hospital and you're taking your meds you get better um and you you go on to shoot another or you I'm trying to get the timeline right. You go in to shoot another movie, or do you go start working for this company called uh, Kink? How does how does that happen? Um, I shot another movie. I shot um, a couple more films, um, and there were no, you know, mishaps or you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> terrible experiences. <laughs> um, but it was also not as hardcore. Um, okay. It it was very uh, in interesting how you know people different agencies or different um uh, production agencies treat people differently um some some of them you know actually you know are appreciative that you're there and like they encourage you to you know to be pretty and to do this and you know don't go too far you know Mm. um and and then there's other companies that just you know want to get you know the job done so i got a, a mixture of both and um with when it came down to the kink shoot, I actually, um, before me and my ex, uh, me and Rod had broken up, he was shooting for them, and he was like, we, we should do one of these so we can experiment with the BDSM because we were talking about doing that. Uh-huh. And uh, it, he said he had really good experiences up there, and it was a safe environment to do such things so I wouldn't get hurt and... Um, 
and, and what have you. So I actually started, you know, the process well before I was actually and and whatnot. So okay. they called back later and, and booked me. So Okay. So um Kink is in San Francisco, so you I'm assuming you were probably like in Southern California, so you, you move up there or you transition up there? Uh, no, they, uh, they just, you fly up there and then you fly back. Okay. I mean, okay. it, it's, it's a day, you're there a okay. day. Most, okay. Yeah, so it's very simple. So, they fly you in, fly you out, like cattle. Okay. <laughs> so once again, when you started with King, you know, you do the whole testing for STD again. You have to do that to start with their um, company? See, yeah, that, that's the thing is, uh, um, they, there's a, never told me anything about, uh, STD, like anything, um, but uh, apparently I guess you do. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I was never told about it, and, but I mean, I was testing anyways regularly, so, uh, if they did ask for it, you know, at least I had it, um, and oh. that was my last, you know, negative test was, you know, uh, the 27th of July, which was just, what, four days before that shoot. 2013. So right before you go to shoot with Kink, you're testing negative. Um, And you're you're telling me, because it just seems odd to me, you're telling me that you're testing on your own, on your own pure motivation, not from anybody in the industry saying, you know what, Cameron, you have to test every 30 days or so. No, no, no. You, um, you have to test every thirty days, and that's that's what I was saying. It, even okay. if you didn't ask me, um, okay. you know, I was still I still had to test anyways, so I could you know, be available for other. Uh, okay. Move, yeah. Okay, so you 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 had had tests before kink, and you you have your uh, filming experience with kink, and that didn't go so well. No. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> That, that, that's like an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> what what happened, dear? Um, it, I mean, it was it was pretty it was pretty vicious. Um, okay, so maybe first of all, let me stop you real quick. And and I am syndicated, so I can only be so graphic. The type of yeah. porn that kink produces is uh, is bondage, right? It, it, yeah, it's uh, it's BDSM, um, and and it. Yeah, bonded, torture type stuff, and it, it's yeah. Okay, <laughs> it's not okay so it's, I it's recommend. okay. Okay, so it's it's some very hardcore stuff that you had walked yourself into, um, and I'm assuming that when you're reading your story, you walked away with some some damage to your breast and stuff like that from this incident. Um, yeah, I, I can only get into it so much due to legal um, gotcha. issues. Um, but basically, um, while I was in the care of my my dom, which is the the female director of the shoot, Laura Lee, um, I was walking through the crowd, and before the shoot had even started. One of the extras, many, many extras, decided to slap my left breast as hard as he could, not once, but twice. Mm-hmm. And this was after being told not to hit me. Mm-hmm. Um, and my, my left breast bruised almost instantly. 
Um, he he hit me so hard. I, I I swear to God, I thought he karate chopped my boob off my chest. Mm. And um, you know, and, and and of course nobody saw it. <laughs> and yeah, so it was um, that was the beginning of the the end right there. Um, gotcha. Gotcha. And I, and, and I, so I did hear you say that there's some legal issues. So I'm, I'm understanding completely that there's some things you can't say. But um, also this time with Kink, you had a you were in a scene with an actor, a male actor, and he was visibly bleeding. Is that something you can talk about or no? Um, yeah. Um, yes, I uh, was shooting with the male lead. Um, and it, it was a very awkward position, and uh, while um, I don't know, <laughs> doing a blowjob, I guess, mm-hmm. um, he 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 cut the, the the tip of his penis on my back, one of my back molars, and it, it was a very uh, it, it wasn't a small cut, and it wasn't just a little bit of a drop or two of blood. It was a lot of of blood, and it was. Um, very scary, very scary. Okay, okay. And I'm thinking um, that's cause for stopping and, um, you know, maybe we should continue this another day, maybe we should get a substitute, but they didn't do, do that. And when we come back from break, we're going to talk about that and what happened from that possibly, or I'm thinking maybe what happened. So Cameron, stay with me, and we'll be right back right after this commercial. Welcome back to Don't Box Me In. Here's your host, Lana Reed. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Don't Box Me In. Today I am spending time with Ms. Cameron Adams, a former porn uh, industry uh, performer. And uh, we were talking about her time with a production company called Kink before the commercial break. And in more in particular, she was doing a scene with a male actor, and he had started to bleed. And I'd mentioned that they, they didn't cancel the production. It just went on as planned, even though he was bleeding? Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, we stopped. Um, and, you know, they uh, took him to, uh, like, the art area, which was literally just like a, sh- a sheet little covered room. But um, And they were trying to, like, doctor him up and... They cleaned up, you know, the, the, the mess, and during this time, they were trying to figure out, you know, what should happen, um, and uh, I suggested, you know, that we use Rod Daly, because he was um, there, mm-hmm. and, you know, he was already performing with them, and, you know, it was a, a substitute that could perform right then and there. Um and they said no. <laughs> mm. And Xander said that he could, you know, continue on. So that's, you know, what happened. Um, and, you know, that, even though it shouldn't have, they didn't give me, like, any any heads up on anything. Like, I'm very new to the industry. Yes. And I, you know, they should have, you know, stopped the shoot entirely, yes. but they didn't. So. Yes, they did. That should have done that. Now, you know, all of this this whole 
time frame of all of this has happened to you very quickly. It seems like in a few months. Now, it's important for the audience to know that this particular shoot with King, that was your very last uh, production in the porn industry. Is that correct? That was my last scene ever, yes. Ever, ever. So how how soon after this scene did you realize that you were HIV positive? Um, well, I was um, unable to work because of the damage to my breast. Um, the, the person did severe damage, and I had to go to the hospital, get an MRI, and I had to not perform for at least 14 days. Uh, due to doctor's orders because of the contusion on my breast and he caused a capsulectomy of my left breast. And if uh, people don't know what that is, it's when you have implants, um, it has, you have a, a cavity, a chest cavity that the implants are situated in. And if the uh, implant is pushed out of that cavity, um, it, it can be very painful. It causes your breast to sag out of place. Um, and it, it's very painful, and it has to be fixed. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, that's what happened to me, and so I couldn't work for two weeks. So I left L.A. and, uh, you know, was cooping, re- uh, recuperating, and okay. um, when I was going back to L.A., um, I found out that um, I had tested or I had shot with somebody that came up uh, hepatitis C positive and um, I decided to do a full panel because I was scared that, you know, I could have contracted hepatitis C. Okay. Um, And uh, that was right after I I saw my breast surgeon uh, in Phoenix. I went and tested, but uh, when I flew to Phoenix from L.A. on, I believe it was the 16th of uh, August, um, I started feeling sick when I was on the plane, um, flu, leg symptoms, and then it just got gradually worse. And uh, until Monday, I was pretty much, like, bedridden, like, on my deathbed, sick with the flu. Mm. yeah, it was it was pretty. It was the worst. Like I've had the flu before, but the the flu like symptoms that I had were ten times worse than that. Like I I thought I was gonna die, and miraculously I get on the plane to go back to California on the nineteenth, and I feel better. I felt hmm. a thousand times better. Like it ne- never happened. Hmm. Yeah, and um, I tested. On the 19th, uh, on the 20th, I got a call saying that my test was contaminated and that they needed to take another sample. Um, they came to the model house I was staying at in uh, California and uh, threw another sample, and that sample came up uh, positive for HIV. Wow. Now... One of the, one of the things that I'm pretty sure was not your intention from testing positive for HIV, uh, but it, it did happen to be sort of a statement kind of good thing that happened. Uh, 
you you sort of shut down the porn industry for a little while when uh, it came out that you were HIV positive. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, they they did a, a moratorium, um, which is where they they stopped shooting uh, through the entire uh, industry, um, and they you know test and retest the people that I was in contact with, um, and 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 so on and so forth. Um, to make sure that it is nowhere else within the industry. Um, and I, there, there's so much I want to say about about that that I, I, I can't right now, but it, it, it's a joke. Okay. Um, there's, there were plenty of people that I was in contact with that weren't contacted at all, that didn't test, um, uh-huh. you know, and that were shooting. And it, 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 it's, it's really just a joke. Yeah, they were able to detect my my positive status but it it didn't do anybody any good you know mm-hmm. cause they leaked they leaked all my information they let people know before I knew you know oh, um, man. yeah like I mean when you when you're finding out that you're positive because a news reporter is like calling your agent to verify that and confirm that it is in fact one of your performers that is positive before the performer knows there's something wrong with the system Yes, indeed. Wow. I mean, that just, I mean, you're already having to possibly go through with the, the mental, you know, let me wrap my mind around the fact that I'm positive, but now I have to wrap my mind around the fact that, you know, there's all sorts of questions. Where did I get it from? Who did I give it to? And now you've got these cameras and all, all in your face, like, look, I'm trying to, I'm trying to cope with this. I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, I, I just think that would be so overwhelming. Um, I can't, I can't imagine that. Now, without saying names, do you have an idea where or whom you got it from? Um, honestly, uh, I, I, I don't, because according to the industry, everybody that I was in contact with is negative. Um, the Dr. Meow, who is the, the doctor at Cutting Edge Testing, um, told me, that I, my HIV uh, diagnosis was acute HIV syndrome and that um, I had to have contracted it no less and no more than uh, than two weeks. And the two-week mark from when I tested was the weekend of the 31st of July. Mm. Uh, there was only one instance where I was exposed to blood-borne pathogens and, you know, uh, there's plenty of other things that happen that people are unaware of, but there's, okay. uh, there's really only one place where I think it could have happened, and that was in while I was in San Francisco. Okay, okay. Now, taking into account everything that uh, you've experienced, everything that's happened to you, everything you've seen your fellow uh, performers go through, what kind of changes do you think the porn industry needs to make so that we don't see any more situations like Cameron happen? Um, well, they, they, they need to take into consideration the performer's safety and health um, over their bottom line, over their profit, um, which will never happen because since the dawning of the industry, it's been, you know, a, a, a dog-eat-dog, dirty-down industry. and. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're not used to being told what to do. They're not used to following regulations. And, you know, as long as there's 
bears, you know, big as they are, I mean, who's going to stop them? And the only thing anybody can do really is just make the public notice what's really going on. So they have to change in in that light, you know. And that's the only thing that I can see happening. Okay. Okay. I mean, you know, that's kind of like, you know, you say to yourself, let me think realistic, porn industry is not going anywhere, but how can we make it safer? And, you know, I mm-hmm. guess that's where we're at because, you know, porn has been around since forever, ever, ever, yeah. you know, in sort, some sort of way, shape or form. Um, but you just you just want to be concerned with the health of individuals that are doing those things. So, I mean, because there, there's the potential for bleed over, not even just amongst the the porn industry, because uh, I'm assuming most of you guys have significant others and exactly. stuff like that. You know, so yeah, it's, that's it's, the thing is the reason why I think that it's important for, you know, the public to know what's going on within the industry is because whatever happens in the industry happens in their neighborhoods because guess what? We're bringing that to you guys. And right. you, there's a lot of, a lot of people that have done porn that nobody will ever know because there's so much out there. And you don't know, you know, who, who you're, who you're playing with unless they're completely honest with you. And let's just face it, most people won't tell you the truth. You know? Yeah, I guess, and I guess most, it's not a career path that you're kind of boasting about all the time sometimes, right? Exactly. And, <laughs> you know, a lot, a lot of girls, you know, they, they just do it because they need quick cash and, you know, they don't think that their one scene is going to be seen by any, uh, anybody that they know. And then, there's a lot of people that watch porn <laughs> and you learn that you learn that being, you know, in the industry, like you learn, Oh, so you're <laughs> just a pretty t-shirt in high school, but wow. Okay. Yeah. Like, everybody watches porn. It's everywhere. And so it's, uh, it's ridiculous for people to not try to protect themselves and protect their communities and, uh, you know, protect the performers. It's, it's just it's ludicrous not to. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Well, Miss Lady, even in spite of all the technical glitches, we are um, uh, out of time for today. I've enjoyed spending some time with you and talking to you. Uh, my guest today has been Miss Cameron Adams. Please visit antipornography.org to learn more about her and the work that she's doing as well as others. Cameron, thank you so much for spending time with me today. I wish you all the best, love. Awesome. Thank you so much, and I hope to talk to you again soon. Yes, dear. Yes, dear. That's all for this week's show. I'll be back next week at the same time. Until then, remember, when it comes to your dreams, the words can't and won't should never slow you down. There's always space to change and to grow. Don't be boxed in. Live your very best life. I am your host, Lana Reed, and I'll see you all next week.